Yo, welcome back to another edition of the Callaway Sports Podcast with your host here, Kendall Callaway. Happy Labor Day to everybody out there, man. I hope that y'all are having a great, great weekend or I have, have had a great weekend. I know I have. I enjoyed myself. I hope you all have done the same. But y'all know what time it is, man. Y'all know what time it is. Coming back to y'all with these sports updates, NBA playoff updates. The NFL season is very, 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 very close. It's knocking on the door, and I'm very, very excited about it, man. Get to see some great games come Thursday. Then Sunday and Monday, we have some great games ahead of us. So stay tuned. I'll give you my my thoughts and my predictions about the NFL season. My thoughts and predictions about the remainder of the, N- of the NBA season. And, you know, who knows? I may have something special later on down the line special news but you gotta stay tuned instrumental is gonna run like it usually does man callaway sports we're here All right, people, let's get right into it as usual. Last night, the Lakers tied the series with the Houston Rockets at one apiece. Winning that game after losing game one. Uh, I was very impressed by the way that the Lakers started things out. Uh, They looked good. But it was that third quarter, that end of the third quarter, last five or six minutes where the Rockets impressed me. And I told a lot of people that the Rockets – Going small ball may be more beneficial for them than people think when they decide to trade Clint Capella, start P.J. Tucker at center. I told a lot of people, I said, you know, maybe they're seeing something we don't. And what they were seeing was that small ball opens the floor up for their primary ball handlers, Westbrook and Harden. You know what I'm saying? They're primary playmakers, and it has been very effective for them in some games they haven't, but more than likely it's been effective for them, and they showed that in defeating the Thunder in seven games, but they really showed it in game one against the Lakers, and they showed it in the spurt last night, and I love what i seen from being able to move the ball. Eric Gordon was great off the bench. P.J. Tucker was great. Covington's defense was great. He's knocking down big shots. Eric Gordon's knocking down big shots. And you get Harden, who started, you know, catching catching his rhythm. The only negative was you didn't get anything from Russell Westbrook. And Westbrook's struggles have continued since he's been back from his injury. So that's going to only bring the Rockets down if Russ can't really, you know, catch his groove and be able to compete against the Lakers. The Lakers, are, uh, they are going to continue to get better. You cannot beat the Lakers if... One of your star players is not playing at his best. Harden can't continue to carry the load. The bench players are doing great, holding their own, and doing even a little bit more. But as a star, Russell Westbrook has to slow things down. He has to really break down the game and, and, and really just take his time. He's, he's playing 
very, very fast, and we've seen that from Russ in, you know, playoffs. And this is why he hasn't really been successful since losing, you know, KD to the Warriors when he left. They just got, it's not even in a day. Westbrook has to get his head in the game. Point Blake Pierre, but the Lakers look good. Uh, despite having that bad stretch, they finished that fourth quarter very good with good defense. LeBron, playoff LeBron was great. AD was great. Like I said, man, that's the best duo in the NBA right now. And Rondo, I love what i seen from Rondo. He was a plus 28 last night, 10 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, 4 steals. He looked very, very good. And if you're Frank Vogel and that Lakers coaching staff, from what I'm seeing, your best lineup when it's, you know, time to go on runs, you got to have Rondo out there with Braun, man. You got to have him out there with Braun. Why? Because there's two great ball handlers. You are a team that can run the break. You cannot rely on LeBron to run the break all the time if Rondo's not out there. But when you have Rondo out there, then you have those two guys who can open up that floor on fast break opportunities, fast break situations. And, you know, I love what I've seen from Rondo last night. I love what I've seen from Marquise Morris last night. Uh, despite JaVale getting hurt, Deion Waiters not, you know, he getting hurt not coming back. Those, those two guys stepped up good. Kuzma knocked down some big shots, had some good plays. Caruso gave him some good minutes as well. Uh, but from what I've seen, I really, really enjoyed um, watching the Lakers win last night. Also, the Denver Nuggets, they tied things up. as It was like they couldn't miss in game two against the Clippers, and Kawhi went silent in MIA in the fourth. Kawhi didn't have his best game, 13 points, shot 27% from the field, didn't score in the fourth, and, you know, the Nuggets took full advantage, and, you know, they rolled those guys. They looked good. Kawhi, you know, it's just one game. It's not like, you know, he's going to continue to play like this for the, you know, for the remainder of the series. But um, Denver is not a team to really play with. Um, if you watched my last, well, if you listened to my last podcast, I had Utah taking Denver in game seven, and uh, Denver proved me wrong. Denver came up big, and they got things done to, you know, close out the series. My main reason for choosing Utah, I just felt like Denver just didn't have, you know, I just didn't see that killer instinct to want to finish games and, and finish series from them. Going back to last season against Dame and Portland, and then this season, the way, you know, and in, in, in the series with Utah, the way things started out, I was just like, you know, I don't see grit. I don't see, I just didn't see a fire from them. And then Jamal Murray proved me wrong he came out hot he was playing well and you know they pushed it you know they pushed it they pushed they pushed Utah back put them in a corner and you know they closed things out so you know kudos to them man they proved me wrong and uh you know there's nothing wrong with being proven wrong you know I'm not gonna get everything right um these are just my predictions and you know my opinions on things but they've been looking good since winning game seven you know, they had some struggles in, in game one, of course, with a powerhouse, great defensive team like L.A., you know, everything's not going to be peaches and cream. You know, it's a completely different team. But from game two, everything was clicking for them, and they got the dub. Um, the Bucks live to fight another day. Despite Giannis spraining his ankle, you know, it was questions about him not playing, and then he ended up playing but ended up re-injuring his ankle, the right ankle, sprained it again, and, you know, he went out. 
and about two and a half quarters, the Bucks were fighting. They were fighting, fighting off elimination, um, and they got the win. So they live fight another day. Game five, we will see if Giannis will be available. If not, you know Miami could close out their series. But I've always said that Giannis doesn't really have a great supporting cast, and that would be their downfall coming out of the East. I said that last year. I said that this year. Not only did I say that, I mean, take it from um, Stephen A. Smith and, you know, all those, all these real big-time sports analysts have said the same thing. His supporting cast isn't just great to come out of the East with these other teams that have great supporting cast. Miami has a great supporting cast surrounding Jimmy Butler, those young guys with Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. You have your veterans like Goran Dragic still there. You know, they have a great supporting cast. Andre Iguodala, they have a great supporting cast, and they mesh together well as a team. Then you look at Boston with Kimball Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward out. You know, these are great guys that mesh together as a team. Not saying that the Bucks don't mesh together well as a team. It's just I, I just don't see the Bucks being a long-term team going to the finals and winning the finals just because of the fact that teams in the playoffs are going to key in on Giannis much like Toronto did last year much like the heat are doing this year they're taking Giannis out of the game and forcing those other guys to step up which is something that they're not doing and you look at the Rockets as I stated before when teams key in on your stars it's up to your supporting cast to step up and that's what the Rockets have been so you know been so great at doing you got guys like PJ Tucker who you know all these memes and things about him being such a small center and he's gonna get you know bullied and things like that he said, you know, I can play defense, I'm strong, and I can move my feet. And he showed that in game one. He's stepping up. You got Eric Gordon, who's knocking down big threes. He's stepping up. Robert Covington, big defensive plays. He's knocking down threes. He's stepping up. You know, you got these guys in Houston that know their role, and not only do they complete their role, they go above and beyond to be even better. The Milwaukee Bucks have to find guys that are going to do that. I, you know, Chris Milton did a good job yesterday of finishing the game up, but I want to see more from Brooke Lopez. I want to see more from Wesley Matthews and George Hill and all these guys. They have to come on with it if they want to go to the finals and win the whole thing because Giannis is out with a right ankle sprain and he re-injured. Who knows if he's going to play for game five. You know, your backs have been against the wall since about game two. Now, from here on out, you're fighting off elimination. You're fighting elimination. You're fighting elimination. You have to force game seven. So... Yeah, put your best foot forward and, and play your best brand of basketball because Jimmy Bell and the Miami Heat are not letting up. They're not. The Raptors are fighting back against Boston. I thought that, that you know, that series was going to go five games at the most, but the Raptors are showing that championship medal that they gained last year. You know, the Raptors have been known to, you know, fall apart in the playoffs, but guys like Siakam and OJ, excuse me, OG Ananobi, uh, Kyle Lowry, those guys are, you know, they're stepping up and they're fighting back against a talented Boston team. Now, Boston has to show me that they can close out this series against a team who can really ball, a team who can really play. You know, I expect, you know, I, I expect those guys to run through Philly the way they did. You know, it's just Embiid playing. You know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the best supporting cast. So, you know, I expect that from them. But I want to see Boston close things out. I want to see them be able to close things out. And if you're Toronto, you know, continue to fight back. Continue to show that championship medal, you know, that you guys gain. You know, you know what it takes to win. You know what it takes to be, you know, on that big stage and, you know, really 
capitalized on all cylinders. Boston doesn't really know that. Kemba Walker has never been outside of the first round, let alone being in the playoffs, but he's here now. You know, Jason Tatum and those guys, they, of course, were in the conference finals. Uh, Tatum's rookie year, you know, they've learned some things, but can they close things out? You know, are they good enough to close things out is the real question, and we have yet to see that. Um, but we just got to continue to watch, man. These playoffs are really heating up. That Rockets and Lakers game was getting pretty physical. Uh, I like what I was seeing from both teams. So, you know, I like physical basketball. I like, you know, basketball that gets gritty. I don't like this soft basketball, and that's what I'm seeing from that Rockets series. You know, it's 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 getting a little chippy out there. You know, I want to see more more series that's getting chippy. You know, I loved it from the Clippers and Mavericks series. It, it, it was chippy, man. It was chippy, and I loved it. Uh, but I want to see it more. But next up, man, we got NFL news and the preview of some of the, some, not all, of the NFL games that we will soon see Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. Stay tuned. All right, man. First on the list for my NFL topics is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson did just get paid. If you didn't know, now you know. Deshaun Watson and the Texans agreed to a extension where he would, where he was getting paid 160 million over the next four years, making him one of the top paid quarterbacks in the game behind Patrick Mahomes. Of course, uh, I believe Russell Wilson is behind him, followed by Ben Roethlisberger, and you know, so on and so forth. But Deshaun Watson just got paid. Of course, the Texans are expressing their long-term interest in their quarterback. I wish they would express that same interest in, you know, possibly DeAndre Hopkins, who's possibly the best receiver in the game. But, you know, of course, the Texans do play the defending champ Chiefs Thursday, first game of the season. And, you know, I want to see how Deshaun will play without having that big target like DeAndre Hopkins now. You know, but uh, also... Keenan Allen did get uh, paid from the Chargers with his extension four-year, $80 million, and Tredavious White with the Bills, the cornerback, four-year, $70 million. So these guys are getting paid. They're getting paid what they're worth, I believe. Keenan Allen is a very, very slept-on receiver in the game. I think a lot of people overlook his talent, his ability to run routes, and how good he really is. You know, I tell people all the time, people lie, but the numbers don't lie. And when the numbers match up with the play, you know, you got to respect that man's game. Same thing with Davis White. He's a, I wouldn't even call him an upcoming DB in the game anymore. I, I believe he has arrived. He's a top defensive back in the game. He's getting paid for it, you know. So let's hope he continues to play at a high level and show that, you know, show us fans, people across the world, and the Bills organization that, you know, I deserve this money. And not only do I deserve this money, I can get even more by playing even better. So let's see if these guys can take their game to the next level and, you know, I hope the best for those guys. But also, Leonard Fournette was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars and just a few days ago joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is led by, of course, the best quarterback of all time, the GOAT himself, Tom Brady, and that's a big pickup for the Bucs. That was a small hole to me that they needed to fill as far as having a very, you know, high-level, high-caliber offense. They got a running back who runs hard. He can get you, you know, 75-plus yards pretty much almost every game. Um, I'm a little skeptical about the Bucks secondary, though. I'm a little skeptical. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm a little skeptical about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary, but I believe that defense is good enough to hold teams down 
whole teams, you know, apart, but it's that offensive teams have to worry about. Can you stop this high-power offense led by Tom Brady? Gronkowski's back. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Levin Fournette now. You know, these. this is a very talented offense, and if you watch the season that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin came off of uh, with Jameis Winston, just imagine what they can do with Tom Brady. You know, let's hope that they have chemistry, you know. So, also, you know, we will see Brady and the Bucks take on Breeze and the Saints Sunday. I'm very excited by that. You know, that's two great quarterbacks that we always want to see play. It's not very often that we see those guys play, you know, due to them being in, you know, separate um, conferences in the league. So, that's a game that people may want to, you know, key into and, and really watch. I know where I'm from. I know where I'm at. And pretty much all across the world, a lot of people would be watching that uh, Cowboys and Rams game, you know, America's team, blah, blah, blah. That's a Sunday night game. I know a lot of people are going to see the Cowboys play. Uh, don't get it twisted. I'm not a Cowboys hater. I'm just not the biggest fan. I do want to see them play. You know, I like CeeDee Lamb. I like Zeke. You know, I like those guys. It's just, they're just not my team to watch, man. I'm from Dallas. I'm just not a Cowboys fan, but... On to the next man, Jadavion Clowney finally signed with the team. I did forget that he was a free agent. He signed with Tennessee Titans, you know, beefing up that defense a little bit more, beefing up that that pass rush uh, that didn't look as good playing Mahomes and those guys. So, you know, I think that's a very solid pickup. I think it's a one-year deal that he signed, but, of course, you get a guy like Clowney that's going to make your team better, you know, that's, that's taking your team to the next level. And uh, I think it's – smart by management to get somebody like, you know, somebody as talented as Jadavion Clowney, what he brings to the table, you know, being able to stop the run, being able to put pressure on these quarterbacks in the AFC that can move around, you know, Watson, Mahomes, Lamar, you know, he's put, he, he's going to be able to put pressure on those guys. You know, Baker can move around a little bit. So very, very interesting to see, man, very interesting to see how Clowney will, you know, fit and mesh with that, uh, Titans scheme, you know, that Titans defense is very, very good to me. I seen what they did to my Baltimore Ravens last year. I seen what they did to Brady and his Bucks. I mean, excuse me, Brady and his Patriots last year. So, uh, let's see, man, let's see. Next, man, where will Earl Thomas land? Man, Earl Thomas is still a free agent out here. Uh, of course, my Baltimore Ravens did release him due to a fight that he had with uh, Chuck Clark, uh, fellow safety, he did punch him in the face. Don't understand why. I really don't, man. And it, it sucked that they let him go. It really does because Earl Thomas was a big part of our defense, you know, that secondary. And, you know, we have a good secondary. We got um, Marlon Humphrey, who was a top DB, in my opinion. You know, Marcus Peters over there, Jimmy Smith. You know, but um, I just – I look at it like this, man, and, and maybe because I'm not a NFL, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not in the NFL management. I don't understand completely how things go, but I, you know, you know, brothers fight, man. If they couldn't, you know, sit down and talk their differences out, then you know, so be it. I understand why. I did hear, well, read that, you know, Earl Thomas did escalate the situation, and you know, you punched the man. You know, that's something that you don't do. But you know, I look at it as brothers fight, man. You know, sometimes brothers are going to fight. And it's up to you, you know, you two to sit down, be grown men about it, and talk out your differences for the sake of, you know, the team, for the sake of wanting to win, you know, that Vince Lombardi Super Bowl championship. But 
obviously they couldn't do anything about it. They let Earl go. I did see that the Cowboys let go of Ha Ha Clinton Dix. So maybe they are making room for Earl Thomas, you know, in their safety position. I do know uh, that letting go of Earl Thomas did, you know, free up some money in that Baltimore, you know, cap space, that cap room. And there's a lot of money. So my prediction is that uh, those Baltimore Ravens will sign Antonio Brown. Of course, he will be suspended. You know, any team that gets Antonio, if he gets signed, he will be suspended the first eight games of the season. But, you know, I think Baltimore wants to throw Lamar another target out there. If not, we can use some of that money to get us another you know, you know, pretty good uh, safety. I did. I I didn't like they released Tony Jefferson at the end of last season, who did to his ACL earlier in a year. Didn't like that they let him go. But you know, keep your eyes open, keep your keep keep your ears open to see where Earl Thomas will land. We all know that he has always he's a, he has always wanted to be a cowboy. Jerry Jones has wanted him over there. So let's see. If Jerry can, you know, pull some strings and, you know, get him to sign a contract over there. But as far as the games, as, as far as the games that we got, of course, y'all heard me talk about the Texans and the Chiefs Thursday. Um, but Sunday, we got the Vikings and the Packers. That's a game that, you know, people may want to watch. Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, there is no Stephon Diggs anymore. He's a bill. But, you know, he's got Justin Jefferson and, you know, that young rookie receiver over there, you know, of course, Aaron Rodgers and his crew. You got the Browns versus the Ravens. Another another battle between Baker and Lamar. You know, players to watch. Of course, those two quarterbacks, um, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, those, uh, those young DBs in, in, in Cleveland, Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward. You know, look out for those guys as far as Baltimore besides Lamar. You got Mark Ingram. You got J.K. Dobbins, Hollywood Brown. You know, Mark Andrews, and of course, Marcus Peters. Marlon Humphrey, our new defensive lineman, Calais Campbell. You know, there's some players to watch in that game. The Eagles and the Washington football team, not the Redskins no more. Couldn't come up with a name for these guys. Don't know why, but it is the Washington football team. Um, I mean, Washington has been pretty much a a disappointment, embarrassment. The you know these last few years. I apologize if you are a fan of the Washington Redskins. I mean, see, Washington football team. But you know, let's hope uh let's hope things go go well for them this year. Uh, of course, if you are a fan and you want a player to watch on the Washington football team. Look out for Chase Young. You know, Chase Young is still there. Um, also, for Philly, you got Carson Wentz. I do believe he is going to suit up Sunday uh, uh, despite getting injured. But Carson Wentz has got to look out for uh, Deshaun Jackson coming back. You know, um, if you watch those first two games with those two, they had a connection. They had a connection, so I, I want to see them build on this connection. If, if both if both guys can stay healthy, uh, I liked what I seen from them. Uh, Miles Sanders uh, over in Philly, Jalen uh, uh, Rieger, rookie receiver, Darius Slay, their new top cornerback over there. So you know those are some guys to look out for in that game. You also got um, the Rams and the Cowboys. That's a Sunday night game. 
Dak Prescott and Zeke and those guys, Amari Cooper. Uh, C.D. Lamb is uh, a Cowboy, too, you know. Um, as far as the Rams, you want to see if, if you are a fan of the Rams, you want to see if Jared Goff can, you know, catch a groove and things like that and, you know, possibly, you know, put some things together. You know, they, they, they don't have a – you know, a high-caliber running back. Ty Gurley is a Falcon now. Uh, I would I, I would like to see them try to go after Leonard Fournette, you know, uh, to you know, kind of fill in their hole. But, of course, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on that uh, Rams defense. Cooper Cup on that Rams offense. You know, those are some guys to, you know, really look out for for the Cowboys. Leighton Van Der Esch, Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith. You know, um, Monday games, the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the New York Giants. You got the Titans versus the Broncos. You know, it's a lot of good games. You know, football is back, man. So, you know, be happy about that. Uh, it, it, it was some some doubt, you know. It was some doubt, like, man, are we going to get any football this year with, you know, everything that was going on with the college football, with the, you know, Pac-12, uh, excuse me, the Pac-10 and Big 12, counseling things, uh, counseling season, so... At least we get some NFL football, man. You know, I, I'm a real big fan of college football. You know, sometimes I just feel like those games are a little bit more interesting than the NFL games. But, you know, football is football, so I'm happy to, you know, get some type of, you know, NFL games. Uh, so be happy, man. Um, like I said, man, I had something special for y'all. And it's nothing too big, you know, but it's something. And that specialty is... My boxing take coming up next, man. Stay tuned. All right, man. As promised, last thing on the list is our boxing take, man. I knew, you know, I know I do have some boxing fans out there, you know, that I see on my Facebook timeline, my Twitter timeline, um, and you know, people that that I just talk to on the daily. So, let's get right into it, man. Fans of Terrence Crawford and Kell Brook talks about their fight have been progressing. Last thing that I checked on and last thing that I read, you know, they, I, I believe they're offering top rank and Terrence Crawford are offering Kell Brook $2.5 million, you know, to fight him. Uh, they are targeting November. No specific date, but just that month, November, until, you know, possibly, hopefully they can get a deal uh, done is what they're pushing for this week, if not early next week, that way. You know, those guys, I'm pretty sure, have all, you know, have, have always or have already been, you know, training, getting their bodies right and, you know, pretty much to really get in the groove of training uh, if they can get that November fight date. So fans of Terrence Crawford, fans of Kell Brook, for the people that say, you know, Terrence Crawford hasn't hasn't fought a top welterweight yet. Kell Brook is a guy, despite, you know, him losing to Spence, you know, three, four years ago, doesn't matter. Kell Brook is a guy who got great skills. I, you know, I see him as a top welterweight in the game, you know, even even without him having the belt, you know. I respect his skill set, and uh, I think this is a very, very good test for uh, Terrence Crawford. For everybody that has criticized him for not fighting anybody at 147, uh, me being one of them, you know, I was like, you know, well, Bud hasn't really fought anybody, and I, and I like Terrence Crawford, you know, but this is a very, very good fight for him, and I think if he wins this fight, then... There's no reason why everybody else shouldn't fight him. If he can get through, Ter you know, uh, if Terrence can get through Kell Brook, there's no reason why, you know, other guys doesn't want to fight him. Uh, if you didn't know, Sean Porter's last win made him the mandatory for, you know, Terrence Crawford's belt. So he get through uh, Brook, 
to get, you know, Sean Porter, you know, and if he can get Sean Porter in 2021, you know, he gets through those, you know, he, he gets those two wins. I cannot classify Terrence Crawford as a real welterweight, man. You know, we got we got to stop trying to say, oh, uh, he ain't fought nobody. So, you know, you can't respect him. Nah, man, he's a, he was an undisputed champion at 140. Respect that man's skills. Respect the man's grit and his grind and his dedication to the fight game, man. He came to 147 and, you know, Terrence isn't the best businessman, but, you know, he's, I can tell that he's trying, you know. He's trying. And getting this fight with Kell Brook is a start. And then if he can get Sean Porter, I know Sean Porter's going to say yes. Sean Porter's going to make the fight happen. He and, and Kenny Porter and, and his team, they go find the best solution to fight Terrence Crawford because he is the mandatory. So let's let's hope that this is a trend that knocks out the politics and boxing. You know, that knocks it down a little bit. But uh, next on the list, if uh, if you don't know who Gary Russell Jr. is, he's a, he's a super featherweight uh, fighter. Uh, he has uh in a lightweight fight he has called out Devin Haney. I know they've been, you know, having a little back and forth as of late. Gary Russell's been calling out a lot of the, you know, smaller fighters, you know, Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, uh Santa Cruz, you know, he's been calling out all these guys. So he tells Devin Haney, uh, you know, recently he got into with Terrence Crawford and was like, you know, I'll move up to, you know, forty or forty seven to fight him, you know, because I just wanna put my hands on him. You know, uh, this is a long-term beef, you know, from old things. But he tells Devin Haney and his father, send me the 1.5 million and fight you, you know. And I'm going to, you know, whoop you, you know, real quick. 1.5 million, send it over, and we can fight. So let's let's see if they can, you know, if, if, if those two guys really want to fight each other, let's see if they get something done. Uh, also, speaking of Ryan Garcia, uh, he and Luke Campbell are targeting November or December. They have put pen the paper uh as far as agreeing to the fight it's just you know getting the fight date you know so they're looking november december if they're looking november you know i'm with these two months i'm, I'm thinking if it's november it'll be late you know kind of mid late november if it's december it'll be early december but look out for ryan garcia and luke campbell it's, you know this would be a real challenge for ryan garcia uh luke campbell is a guy once again you have to respect his skills he's a veteran uh so that'll be a fight that I'll be tuning into as well. Um, David Benavidez, who did win his last fight about a month and a half ago, uh, but you know he lost his belt on the scales. He lost his belt on the scales. Um, he missed weight, therefore they stripped him. The WBC stripped him of the belt. Not too long after that, uh, Canelo, him being a WBC franchise champion, which is something that they made. Uh, you know, they made about a year or two ago. Made him the franchise champion. Basically making Canelo, you know, the top guy. You know, he calls the shots. He asks. Well, he, you know, put in his request with the WBC to fight. Um, I forget his first name, but his, uh, his last name is Yadirim. He fought. Uh, he fought. Um, excuse me, man. I'm sorry about that, man. A lot of names to keep up with. Uh, Anthony, the... Um, Anthony the dog Durrell, he fought Durrell for for the belt about two or three years ago. Uh, he was the mandatory for Benavidez super middleweight title as well. So Canelo has asked to fight him for the WBC super middleweight uh, belt, and Benavidez wants Canelo. He said I can beat him, so I'm pretty sure he's gonna you know Dave's gonna wait things out if Canelo can fight for 
that WBC super middleweight belt, which is at 168 pounds, David wants the next crack at it. You know, David wants Canelo. So we'll see how that goes, man. Uh, I know Billy Joe Saunders is still looking for a fight with Canelo. He should get uh he should get worried either this week or next week as far as if he can actually get that fight. So there's some things that have to play out. You know, some 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 pieces on the chessboard are being moved here towards the end of 2020 and setting up for some big things in 2021. Let's hope uh we get some news from the Fury and Wilder camp about the trilogy. While the spar partner recently uh, came out and said that Deontay injured his bicep uh, prior to the fight with Tyson Fury. So, who knows how true that, that is. Uh, if it is true, I can truly stand by that and understand because Deontay really didn't throw his hands despite Tyson really putting it on him. But, you know, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't throwing anything back. Um, but that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, last podcast episode y'all heard me uh drop all these uh names as far as fighters that's coming up to uh that is fighting soon the charlo twins they fighting on the same card on pay-per-view you got earl and danny you got uh javante davis and santa cruz on pay-per-view you know these are some fights that y'all gonna want to see man so thank y'all for tuning in once again man to the callaway sports podcast as i promised more episodes will be coming soon uh, shout out to those black businesses, man. I will never forget. I will never forget um, my boy Isaiah Johnson and his clothing line, Marcus Taylor and his clothing line. You know, my sister, Megan Jackson, and her hair oil. If you want to get in contact with these people, let me know. If you like nice clothes, let me know. I got two guys that's out here and, you know, that's doing it. Hair oil, people that, you know, if you're struggling, you know, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it, you know. There's nothing wrong if you're struggling with your hair or for my guys, if you want your beard to grow, you know, let me know. I can get you in contact with the exact person, you know. There's nothing to be ashamed of, man. Uh, shout out to my cousin, Gavin Calloway. For everybody that likes to smell good, he got the, you know, the great oils on deck for male and female. Jimmy Choo. Versace, Polo Red, Polo Blue. For my females, you know, Skin So Soft, Rihanna. You know, he got all these good smell goods out here, man. So, y'all want to get to, you know, if, if y'all want to get in contact with these people, let me know. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. God bless y'all. Stay safe out here. Keep the mask on. And continue to keep God first. Thank y'all once again, Callaway Sports. We out.